0: Thank you. Hey, good day once again. Welcome to the Weekly Harvest, talking all things Brandon weekings Kings. My name is Chris Falco, Director of Game Day Operations, Community Relations with the Brandon Wheat Kings. He's Rob Mann, the voice of the Radio Wheat Kings on the radio. Rob, how are you? Doing pretty well, Chris, but I got to tell you,
1: there's a lot of bags under eyes around the Wheat Kings office today, mine included. It has been a 24-hour span.
0: Uh, you know, talking to a few people today, they're like, man, yesterday must have been so busy around the office, must have been so busy, and I was like, you know... It it sure was at the end. Yeah, it uh, you wasn't know, for, until it was. <laughs> there was. There was times where it was like, hey, uh, I I guess I'll just keep doing other stuff I was going to plan to do today. I, I just yeah. kept doing my to-do list. There's always stuff to do around here, but uh, I didn't want to get caught really into anything. So, of course, trade deadline day, we need to be ready. If if a deal happens, sometimes the, the turnaround to announce these things before they get leaked and everything, you, 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 you have an hour at the most sometimes. And that includes to contact people and to make graphics and to get videos going and it, it, it can be very whirlwindish. Or it can be like yesterday, Rob, where it was a whole lot of us just kind of poking our head and going, uh, So, how's anything, it going? Anything happening, guys? How's it going, guys? How's it going again? And the mood was tense around here yesterday, so you could tell that something was probably up. That. There was people kept getting on you know, leaving, taking phone calls back and forth. There was there was buzz happening, but they they they, they weren't giving us much and there really didn't seem to be much really until mid afternoon.
1: Yeah, I would say it was after lunch where things began to kick into high gear, and it gives you an idea of just how quickly a trade can come together after weeks of back and forth, because our day yesterday was all fits and starts. It was, you know, long stretches where we're thinking, all right, well, we need to do this for the game day, but we can't really do this until we know what the roster's going to look like, and we don't know what the roster's going to look like until such and such a time. And then, all of a sudden, like a lightning bolt, we get trade number one, followed swiftly by trade number two, followed swiftly by a reassignment, and that's the nature of the beast in junior hockey is you can have what appears to be a calm day, but something is bubbling under the surface, and all of a sudden, it's all hands on deck.
0: So if you are just tuning in and have not heard about everything that took place yesterday, uh, we are going to get into it with King GM and head coach Marty Murray uh, very soon here, Uh, but basically, the trades we're talking about, it was... Nate Danielson being traded to Portland for now. I'm going to do this off the top of my head. Let's see if I can do this here. It's uh, Nicholas Johnson. One for one. Rhett Ravendall. 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 I'm going to give you two um, for two on that one. Rhett, I'm sorry. I'm going to get it. I love that name though. Ravindal. Like I'm that that was going to have some sauce. It, ro- right? it so rolls off the tongue. It, right? it really, really does. Uh, we've got a first round pick coming up in 2025. And then 2027. So you're four and there's four. a fifth round pick as well, I think, in 2027. 26, but uh, 26. I'm going to give you that one. That uh, was pretty good. Close, close. But either way, so two for the bottom line is two first round picks and a fifth round pick, plus the two players for Nate Danielson. Then uh, with that, there's also Evan Greening going to PG. Uh, that one for a 10th round pick. And then we uh, made uh, the Trey Fouquet reassigning because of the D. Um, first of all, off the top of the pod, after we say all that, I want to say a very heartfelt, you know, thank you to Nate. Thank you to Trey. Uh, different amounts of time spent here, but once a week, King, always a week, King. And both those guys. I mean, even Trey was just here. He 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 was in the community. He was a part of the events. Um, you know, Nate of course did spend more time here and being the captain, in the community, going to have uh, a, a, a lot more roots. But um, it is one of the hardest days. Trade deadline when you have to say goodbye to good people, which we're going to get into with Marty.
1: And it doesn't get any easier because both Marty and the players will tell you this that Jan 10 looms like this shadow over the entire first third of the month. And when it's there, it's a nervous day. Uh, you know, I've been part of it with two different organizations now. My first year in the league, we were on the road with the Raiders. And there was some question over whether Ozzie Weisblatt was going to be moved. And we're sitting at a team meal, and every time somebody's phone goes off, everybody's like, "Nah," you know, is, is this the moment where someone gets traded? I felt bad because I had, I won't say which one, but I had to send a player a text yesterday uh, to set up a media interview. And I realized after I sent the text, I went, oh no, he's going to feel his phone go off. And there's going to be that moment of utter panic and Guys cannot be more relieved when January 10th turns into January 11th because you get through that day, that white-knuckle day, and you're still with the group or you're with a new group, but you know what your junior hockey fate is.
0: Overall, uh, I... It was a tough day, but when I hope the people look back on it, it is going to be a successful day in in the history of the Brandon Weeking franchise. And it's not a bad day for Mr. Nate Danielson either, getting to go to Portland, uh, where as we about to embark on our first cold warning of the season, (laughs) my phone just buzzed saying minus 40 to 50 coming this weekend here. Seriously, we're talking minus 40 plus... Do, you, do you want
1: me to tell you what it was in Portland today? What was it
0: in Portland today?
1: It was seven degrees.
0: I'm sorry, Nick and Rhett, but yeah. uh, welcome back to the prairies. There are a couple of uh, prairie boys, so hopefully they're semi used to it. But uh, you know, Nate's going to be just fine playing the Winterhawks. Uh, hopefully, you know the crazier things have happened. We go on this uh, miracle run. Meet them in the finals. Who knows? Uh, but uh, it was it was a sad day. But today we flip, we flip flip the page, and uh, it's uh, looking forward. We've got a couple of big games coming up this weekend. You've got the Swift Current Broncos. I promise we we'll get to Marty Murray here uh, very very shortly. But uh, we got Swift Current Broncos on Friday night, and then we have got the PA Raiders on Sunday. And now, Rob, these games uh, all of a sudden become uh, I. Not extra important, but real extra uh, judge-worthy that you can be like, okay, let's see what this team is now.
1: I think you can, I mean, in addition to being four-point games, because both these teams are immediately around the Wheat Kings in the standings, I think you can get a good gauge of how the Wheat Kings are going to play going forward and how guys are going to react to the absence of a guy who they've leaned on. We got a bit of a teaser of that at the start of the year and during World Juniors, but now you get the real deal. As they say, the bullets fly for real. I keep coming back to my experience on the trade deadline with the Raiders, but I do want to bring it up one more time because the Danielson deal reminds me, inescapably, of the Caden Gooley trade my first year in the league. The Raiders sent Caden Gooley off to the Edmonton Oil Kings for a very similar package, actually, to what, uh, what the Wheat Kings got for Nate. And the result was, you know, as time has gone on, you had two roster players come in. And those two roster players fit like a glove right away. You had one player, a defenseman, Eric Johnston, come in to replace the roster spot of the departed Caden Gooley. In this case, that's going to be Nick Johnson, ironically a similar name. And then you had Rhett Ravendahl on defense coming in for the Wheat Kings to help out on a, an area of the game where they maybe need a little more help. For the Raiders at the time, that was Carson Latimer. They brought in a guy who helped them in the present. It was almost a hockey deal. But in both cases, the quality and caliber of the top player being moved was such that you can make a hockey deal and also get assets back like first-round picks. And that was the case with the Raiders. They got two first-rounders for Caden Gooley and a later-round pick. The Wheat Kings have done the exact same thing with Nate Danielson. The parallels between the two teams and the two trades are striking, but I can tell you the results for the Raiders were... You got Carson Latimer, who went into your top six right away, who was immediately impactful. You got Eric Johnston, who is now the team's captain. You got two first-round picks, one of whom's in the lineup already, and the other one of whom, uh, if you haven't heard of this kid, go ahead and plug Daxon Rudolph into Google and look at what he's doing, what he is inflicting on the U18 ranks this year as a defenseman. That trade worked out pretty well for Prince Albert. The potential is there for this trade to work out both present and future for the Wheat Kings, because you get guys who have that fire in their belly to replace Nate, and you shore up the defense a little bit. There's good news to be had here in the present.
0: Well, that is a little bit what we think about it. Let's hear what uh, the Wheat King GM and head coach uh, Marty Murray had to say about it as uh, as he was here in the Wheat King studio uh, just, just minutes ago. So here it is, our interview with Marty Murray after the trade deadline. And joining us now here live in the Wee King studio we have got Wee King general manager and head coach Marty Murray Marty how you doing today
2: Uh it's uh it's uh, was a long day yesterday so uh yeah a lot of emotion here in the last 24 hours so we're getting through it uh, You 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 look a lot better today <laughs> Yeah no question it's a, it's a it's a busy day and like I said yeah there's a human element to it and then uh, a business side of it too right so yeah.
1: I've heard it said that the day doesn't get any easier. I've heard both players and coaches say that. January tenth is as exciting as it can be for people who observe the league. For people right in the thick of it, it's got to be a stressful day.
2: It really is. I mean, it. Uh, yeah, it's. I don't enjoy it to be honest with you. It. it uh, you know, especially. Uh, you know, making a deal like yesterday. It, it's. It's not an enjoyable thing. This is a situation
0: where you had to look around at the other teams and what everybody else is doing. And of course that, you know, kind of decides what you are going to have to do. Knowing how well the team was playing when Nate was gone to World Junior Camp, was that a big factor
2: in deciding the best way to play this out? Yeah, I think both of those points were something that we took into consideration heavily. Um, You know, you, you, you follow the Western Hockey League, you see what, uh, you know, three of the teams in our conference did, right? And, you know, I'd love to have been one of those teams. We just don't have the assets uh, in, in the hopper to, to get involved in something like that at this point. And, and uh, um, you know, we everybody manages their team different, and, and you know, we weren't in a position to, uh, you know, move that many future assets to, um, you know, be in such a competitive year uh, coming into the conference. So it was a real, a real tough one, uh, it, uh, something that, took a lot of our time over the last little while. And and like you touched on too, I think that, um, you know, it was, we were positive with, with the way the guys played uh, over over the Christmas break with uh, with Nate being gone at World Juniors. And, and uh, yeah, so I think both of those things had a lot to, to, to do with uh, our decision yesterday.
1: I keep coming back, and it's been brought up on the podcast earlier as well, to a trade that the Raiders made my first year in the league, and that was trading Caden Gooley. And right after that trade, Curtis Hunt said something to me that stuck with me. He said, we need certain guys now to spread their wings and take that next step that they've been kind of threatening to take for the last little while. So for the Wheat Kings, and I know you said that replacing Nate is not a one-man job, but who, so to speak, spreads their wings?
2: Well, I think everybody has to, and I think that's a, a great point. Um, you know, Nate Nate played 20-plus minutes a night for us and played in all situations, and you know i just i, I love him as a player and as a kid obviously and and uh but that's a lot of ice time and and uh it now becomes an opportunity for for other guys to expand their roles expand their um you know their, their role with their team and and uh, we're looking for everybody. Like I said, it's it's not just uh, one person that's going to replace what Nate did. We we're bringing a forward in that I think it'll he'll uh, complement our group well, and as well as uh, you know some some players that I think can can grow on what they've done. And and uh, um, you know there's we're past the halfway point of the season, and and we're through that kind of rookie uh, stage of, of the season, and and uh, you know it's an opportunity for everybody to step up. There aren't many guys in the
0: league who have the role that you do, that you have the dual GM and head coach. So not only are you looking out for the future, but of course you're trying to win a game every single night. You want to ice the best team. What was that like going into this trade deadline, trying to almost fight yourself at times? I would imagine.
2: Yeah, the the head coach hates the GM right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it, it's challenging, and I think that uh, you know one of the things you know when you, when you're doing both roles is you're you get so attached to the kids too, right? You're down there with them all the time on the road on the bus, and um, you know you get to know them on a personal level that much more. So. You know, to, to move anybody out, uh, you know, we moved uh, Nate out yesterday and, and, and sent Trey Fouquet uh, back to, to Nippon. Those are, you know, both excellent kids and, and you, you grow attached to them and you can see how they fit in with the guys. And that's such a big part of junior hockey. So that that's one of the biggest things for me that tugs at the heartstrings is, is just the human side of it. And, and uh, you know, I I played a long time and went through a lot of these uh days at the at the at the trade deadline and, and uh I've lost some real close friends right at the right at the deadline and it stinks and you can see the reaction and you know we had a team meeting yesterday after we made the announcement and felt it was important to just, you know, give the guys our feedback on, you know, what the thoughts were and, and uh, you know, it it was hard. There was a lot of emotions and, and uh, you know, the guys were uh upset and they have every right to be. I was upset too and and uh, you know, it's it's kind of the the, the the hard part of the business side of hockey.
1: I'm glad you brought up the team meeting because you have to address a group when you trade their captain that's just something that you have to do and there's a handful of guys in that room who have played with Nate for a couple years now and a couple Roarsman Highland who started their careers with him. When you got a sense of you know what the mood in the room was like, what was it like having to address that group of players who had grown so close with Nate?
2: Yeah, we had two separate meetings. We we brought in our captains and and uh, our twenty year olds and <clears throat> the the whole group as a, a in general and you know the that that uh, yeah we just wanted to make sure that everybody's okay and and they understood where we were coming from and um, again like a, you never want to trade a, a Nate Danielson but. Um, you know, you look at the big picture, and you know we, we wanted to make sure the guys know that uh, the expectations are still there to, to to compete every night and be a playoff team. And that's I think really important for us. And and uh, you know the indicators that we got yesterday um, coming out of the the team meeting into the captains meeting was you know they you could see Brett Hyland said some really good things in in the captains meeting. You could see the fire in his eyes, and to me that was a real. Uh, positive Um, you know practice today I thought was positive the guys had a um, you know a good energy to them and and uh, lots of smiles so I thought that was positive as well and um, you know we can't forget about we have uh, two players coming in too to join us that I think are gonna really help our group and and uh, um, you know we we want to compete every night and have a chance to win every night that's the goal I really want to get into those two guys. Now, let's
0: just cover, though, there were three uh, official moves made yesterday. So uh, the first one of the day was uh, Evan Greening, who was reassigned to Verdon uh, last month, uh, officially moved on to Prince George. Um, Then the second move of the day was the... um, of course, the Nate Danielson move, and then the Trey Fiquette reassigning because of that, bringing in the two players. So now with this, the two guys coming in, uh, we got first. Let's talk about Nicholas Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, who uh, you know, judging by the highlights that I got to make for the video to put for, you know on the on that as as a forward, he seems to be a guy who brings some speed. Uh, he seems to have some, some hands, but doesn't have a you know a whole lot of a of, of a shot there yet.
2: And I think he's going to have more of a chance here. Well, Portland's a really deep uh, team. They have uh, as deep for a group as anybody in the league. So uh, all those guys, you know, they, they play, you know, their top guys play, you know, 17 to 19 minutes, and then their second, third line guys are all around 13 to 15 because they're that deep and to share the wealth there. So, uh, you know, Nick's one of those guys that he averages, you know, around 14 minutes a night. And, um, you know, I think he's going to have the opportunity to expand uh, his role with us. And, and, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he brings to the table. I think he's, um, you know, a bigger body guy that, uh, um, you know, plays the game the right way that can contribute, uh, offensively. He's, he's plus 17. Uh, I think he's dependable in his own end too. So, um, you know, that's one of the things too, you deal with a team like Portland that, uh, you know, these guys come from win- winning culture and, and, uh, uh, play the game the right way. I played for Mike Johnson in both World Juniors and, and in L.A. and um, really appreciate what he, you know, how he approaches the game, his his smarts, and, and uh, so that means a lot, too, with these guys coming from a winning culture, too, and, and uh, to bring that winning culture into our locker room with what we've had established already, I think it uh, could be a recipe for success.
1: And one thing that struck me when the Wheat Kings played the Winterhawks in that game was that Portland is top to bottom a fast group. Like all those guys seem to have good skating legs. Fair to say that for both Johnson and Ravindall, skating will be a strength.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think uh, you know Nick's more maybe a power forward, but um, you know Rhett, I think uh, um, you know he's a, he's a smooth skating defenseman, and and uh, again kind of. You know, much like Nick in the forward position, they're, they're so deep up on the back end as well that, um, you know, he'll have an opportunity to probably play more minutes. And, and um, you know, the nice thing is they're they're both 0-5s. They're, uh, you know, potentially could stay with us for two and a half years. So that's uh, something that was important to us as well.
0: I know he doesn't need to be too much of a big of a scoring defenseman right now, uh, but I got to tell you, the name... Rhett Vidal. I just, I can picture <laughs> really giving that name some sauce on a goal call <laughs> one day, and I think it's got some potential to have some, some, some fun with that. Well, hopefully we hear it. I, that'd be great.
1: we got to find their goal songs, too. That's the, i got to
0: uh, send out those texts. I did not. Speaking of which, so the the guys that, you know, it's a big, long trip now from Portland, so do we expect to see them in the lineup or even just here around this weekend? Are they going to be flying, driving? Do you know, like, is it going to take them a while to get here? Yeah, they're driving. I think that's, wow. that's the
2: two <laughs> furthest points in the Western Hockey League, Portland to Brandon. So they're uh, yeah. they're driving. I think the plan was to get to Lethbridge today and then, um, you know, probably get here sometime either tomorrow night or Saturday. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's a grind. So um, I don't think either one of them will be in the lineup tomorrow. And then, uh, uh, you know, Nick's a little banged up too. So he'll have to get assessed uh, when he gets here. And, and uh, hopefully we'll see him sooner or later as well.
1: I got curious, by the way, and Googled it. I think it's twenty one hundred fifty five four kilometers from here to portland uh, uh, google thinks it's a 22 hour drive and you know take google maps for uh for what it's worth but no no sunday john let's put it that way
0: Yeah, you know, that's a hike <laughs> and do it immediately like just that that's it it's pack up and then say goodbye and uh
2: and, and gone so yeah i think the nice thing is they both have vehicles so look kind of caravan uh together so that that helps and so uh especially in the winter conditions and driving. It gives you uh, some peace of mind as well.
1: I'm glad you brought that up because we are right in the midst of the first deep freeze of winter, which is coming way later than we're used to. Just in time for these guys to come out here. So is it kind of nice that these guys are both of them prairie kids? You know, you've got a Calgary boy and a uh, Birch Hill, Saskatchewan native
2: yeah they've probably seen a lot of what they're gonna stroll into here in Brandon and uh, we can only tell them how nice the winter has been and, and uh, uh, but uh, yeah, it feels like hockey season here in Manitoba and and uh, where they're coming from they've they've been there done that.
1: We told that to Victoria
2: too, by the way. As soon as Marlon Martin
1: showed up, we were bragging about how nice the weather had been, and he looked out the window and said, "Where was it nice?"
0: We also uh, have the worst luck of telling how good uh, the BC broadcasters, how good oh, our media no. supper is this supper uh, this year, <laughs> and they always get the weekday games where it ends up being the pizza or the hot dogs. So. Oh. <laughs> uh, I don't know what it is about that, just some some bad luck with there. I uh, so yesterday the one quote that really stuck out for me uh, you know besides the whole hockey talk in the in the in the, the write-up that rob did that he interviewed you marty it was the quote where you talked about how it was maybe like one of the like the hardest day that you had and i it was a half joke when i said you look better here today but it really not like he, yesterday it was obviously a very tough emotional day but after you get through that after you get through making the decision I'm sure you had also a few suitors and and and, and deals that we're not going to go into but after that's just finally done last night after you left here was it the weight off the shoulders and then today was the, f- the fresh day or is this something that's going to be is going to take a couple of days to kind of get
2: get back to you it's probably still sitting with me to be honest you know i think uh Uh, The last few days I haven't slept, and uh, tonight was or last night, sorry, was uh, was the same way. Where I was up, I think at five in the morning, just kind of staring at the ceiling, you know. So it's every GM goes through the exact same thing. So it's 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 uh, it's uh, never an easy time. Nobody wants to deliver that news, and and uh, you know um, sometimes you have to well, all the time in these situations, you have to put the, you know, the, the personal feelings aside and, and, uh, you know, do what's best for the organization. And, you know, we could have went one of three ways we could have, uh, you know, went and bought and, and, uh, you know, we just felt like we didn't have the assets to spend that, uh, uh to, to keep up with everybody else, uh, as far as what they're bringing in, or we could have stayed put, or we could, have you know, moved somebody, uh, like Nate to, to you know, Uh, have a look into next year and beyond and and, uh, you know Nate uh, put his fingerprints uh, certainly on the team as a player with the Wheat Kings and and, uh, he'll have the opportunity to do that too with uh, some of these assets that we get
1: and I think it's important to point out here because social media has been better than I think social media can be when it comes to fan reactions there's been a lot of understanding as far as the need to do this for the future of the team but never mind the future of the team this isn't the team waving the white flag on this season is it like there's still some expectations around this group and still some guys who can
2: carry the team forward yeah we fully expect uh, to be a playoff team and you know that, that's one thing we want to we want to make sure that we're it's it's not me or four guys sitting in a room it's uh the Brandon and kings organization and and their following and that that's every everything we do goes into that and um, you know, we want to look out for the best interests of our, of our club, both now and, and down the road. And, and, you know, the, the tempting thing to do is just go out there and, 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 uh, you know, maybe, maybe overspend just uh, just, uh, you know, um, be in the mix, but at the same time, um, you know, some teams have built up a, a vault of, of, uh, draft picks and we just didn't have that in that vault right now. And, um, you know, so you gotta kind of catch yourself and make sure, um, you're doing right by the organization. Uh, both now and uh, in the future, it's important.
0: It, it's never easy to say goodbye to good people, but it is a hard business at the end of the day. Um, you know, we've had to do it before you know in our in my, even my time here, you know, but we've talked about these years before and how they can set up the franchise. when we on the pod, how many times have we brought up the tanner caspak kale clay gear, where you just you, you have these guys that, yes, they're here for multiple years, but you have to make that hard decision of, do you need them for the next three months, or do you need something for the next three, four, five, six years? And with, the, with this trade, with the two players and those two first-round picks coming in, we're going to be talking about this trade in five, six years from now, and the dividends aren't going to be paid off until then, so... It's, it's one of those balances where, I mean, it doesn't get easier over time, but it almost gets a little bit easier over time, just to look at it from that point.
2: Yeah, I was talking to Perry yesterday, and as we know, he's like a human encyclopedia walking around, and I can't remember, you know, the trades uh, that they made with... Uh uh, Kasback and, and, and Clegg, but uh, you know, I think one of them was Brett Hyland, Roger McQueen, and somebody else. You know, so it's it's kind of Well, yeah, it was a multiple first because we had the three first round picks multiple
0: years in a row. So it was the Nate. Tyson Rylan my year, and you had the 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 Caleb Roger Charlie year. Uh, also in that trade, though, came Luca Burzan Chase harchie and then the trade offs from there. The actual Web Perry has done it. You're right; he's amazing for that. But he has tracked that trade down, and this is going to be one of those. that's going to be just always kind of connected to you know to that as well. If this is I, I think even Nate was part of that. But anyway, it was it's, it's it's one of those trades where yeah, you're right, Rob. People online were definitely um, you know. Very sad to see him go. He was—he's a, a great guy. When I was piecing together that video, by the way, we did that very, very quickly because, as you know, around here it has to be done like that. Because even though there was actually here, let's, let's talk about this the really first, Marty. There was rumors about Portland weeks ago on Twitter, yeah. but I was here in the office. You guys, like, this was not something that was done weeks ago. This was not submitted. Like, this really kind of came down to the afternoon, did it not?
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, we were. Um yeah it was the last hour and finalizing things and you know you get phone calls late and and uh you know it's there's a lot to, to digest and um yeah it uh you know we, we received a lot of calls as you would expect but at the same time we didn't uh really pursue it uh too hard and then uh you know it's just i think you got to take a step back and kind of you know look around and, and see what's going on around you and for us, that's uh, you know it's kind of where the decision was made. It's just uh, you know Nate's uh, an unbelievable player, but uh, um, you know he, he when when. You know other teams around us in our conference are bringing in uh multiple um you know first round picks and and world junior type players it's it's hard and 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 again and again i want to be real careful um you know by saying we're not we're certainly not throwing in the towel we feel like that we have a team that can really compete and i i think that a team that Other teams might be a little nervous to play in the first round of the playoffs, right? And uh, we have a goalie that is elite at this level, and and we know how that goes too. So, um, you know, that was the rationale for the meeting last night, is just to make sure the guys knew that we believe in them. Um, We're certainly not throwing any kind of towel, um, and the expectation is to uh, give ourselves a chance to win every night, and that was uh, was the goal uh, with Nate, and that'll be the goal now moving on without him.
1: And something you and I touched on when we spoke uh, earlier this morning, and something we probably will touch on again, is when it comes to determining playoff seeding, the team has a very strong hand in their own fate. Like, you're going to need some help elsewhere. It's the nature of the business. You can't play every team all at once, but a lot of the remaining games are against teams that are directly in competition with the Wheat Kings for playoff positioning.
2: Yeah, it's, it's going to happen quick, and, and uh, you know, we're we're playing a rejuvenated swift team tomorrow already you know with a a lot of new faces and I'm sure they'll be excited at the same time uh, they they probably haven't had time to develop a lot of chemistry either right so at the end of the day you have to worry about yourself and go out and play uh, our system and I think uh, you know one thing we talk about is just the small habits the small details and and I think uh, you know playing these teams with uh, you know that have added on so much here uh, those details and those habits are going to uh, be at the forefront for, for us having success. A lot of Manitobans on that team too. Ten. That, that made in
0: Manitoba graphic has man, been stretched man, to its limits. That graphic has never been so full <laughs> yeah, on that true. one side. So well, they traded away have... one
1: Manitoban and brought in another. They sent out Fluker and brought in Geeky and it's <laughs> you know what the funny thing is I looked at their scouting list. Swift Current has fewer Manitoba scouts than they have in pretty much every other province.
2: Yeah.
1: But yeah. Yeah, the Manitoba talent on that team. It's wild.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, we are going to get a chance to, to see them, and then we got the PA Raiders here on Sunday. Uh, we are right in the midst of another little home stretch here. Again, check out the full uh, schedule online at uh, Weekings.com. But this is the time where now there is no more BC teams. This is it. It's now all conference or division. So uh, the playoff push is, uh, is is in full force. Uh, Marty, thank you for taking time to uh, talk to us here today. really do appreciate it. My
2: pleasure, guys. Thanks.
0: Our thanks again to Marty Murray for stopping on in here at the studio and talking to us. It, it really was an emotional day. I uh, I hope that he can get some sleep here coming up in the next coming days. Um, it's uh, obviously you could even even see it on him. That's it's not easy. It's just not easy.
1: How could it be? You know, he said it. You're on the road with these kids all the time. You get to know them as people. You get to you know. I've had people ask me, you know, if you're with the team as a radio announcer, do you really care if the team wins or loses? And the answer is yes, I defy you to spend time around these kids and not root for them as human beings. And for Marty, it's the same way. You're you're watching these kids develop and grow. He coached Nate in his draft year. He watched him turn from a prospect into an NHL-drafted player. There's so much development that happens under his tutelage. And to, to have to ship a guy like that off across the continent halfway, that that can never be easy.
0: Although maybe the quote of the week about uh, <laughs> <laughs> about how the the coach is very mad at the at the GM, it, it there because there be, could there, there definitely could be an article there.
1: I mean, if we were writing an article instead of doing a podcast, that would be your headline quote right there. We you,
0: King coach furious at Weaking GM. Should we go full TMZ on it? You know, <laughs> maybe a lot of exclamation marks. Maybe fake help quotes. Yeah, maybe 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 will help make them a little bit happier. <laughs> Smile him up. We do
1: want to put some smiles on some faces, yeah. and that's that's part of the reason we're talking this out right now. Is because yeah. it's easy for it to be a gloomy day for Week Kings fans, and I get it. Your captain's been traded; it's not easy. But I promise you, there is a silver lining to this cloud, and not just the two first round picks that, incidentally, could either be great players or great ammunition. You heard Marty talking about needing the assets to go out and buy big. Well, they've got a few more assets now.
0: Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Lame, but true. Just like this podcast. Have yourself a good week, folks. We're out of here. <laughs> that should be a pretty good ending. Oh, uh, yeah. Leave it there. Well, Let's leave, leave it out. It leave it out. We're out. Cut, print, right. kill the pig. It's the Weekly Harvest. He's Rob, man. I'm Chris Falco. Have a good one. Cheers.